If you have your Bibles, Genesis 1 and 1. Jesus is coming back. I know we don't preach about it anymore. There is a place called heaven. And I can't wait to get there. Genesis 1 and 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Well, it just says it all. Then Exodus 20 and 11. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. And I want to preach just for a little while, and it will be wonderful there. Come on, how long has it been since you heard a sermon on heaven? Come on, just be honest. It's been a while because I ain't preached one on heaven in a while. We preach on everything else. What about where, what our goal is here? We're just a vapor. And then we're going to be with him. Father, in the name of Jesus, I magnify your name. There is none like you. There is none beside you. Lord, that that anointing that you placed on my life, God, I'm asking you to let it flow out right now in Jesus' name. Lord, touch my mind, my voice, and my body, God. Move upon us. I take dominion over any spirits that are not of you, Lord. I speak faith into this place. Let the gifts of the Spirit begin to operate. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I feel the gift of faith right now in this place. Hallelujah. Come on, I feel it strong. There's the gift of faith in this place. When we begin to sing about him and begin to build our faith, come on, we can step into the supernatural if we'll just let go. In Jesus' name, Jesus' name. You may be seated. Heaven. Everybody say heaven. What does heaven mean to you? You know, in most of our minds and in the minds of the world and in most of the societies and cultures of this world, heaven is a place of perfect peace. I just like a little bit of peace sometime, wouldn't you? But it's a place of perfect peace and tranquility with no sorrow, no cares, no pain. Come on, no saying goodbyes. It's a place where our loved ones who have briefly passed through this short vapor of a life are now in a perfect peace waiting on us. I believe it. To come and join them. You see, we live in a world where tension and strife are the norm. And sorrow and grief are an everyday occurrence. You see, heaven is hoped for and dreamed about. Because we live where wars and rumors of wars abound. A society where men and women have a natural affection for each other. And it's not only accepted, but it is pushed upon us through politics, through government, in our schools. In a world where famines and droughts and genocides and terrorism are in the papers and on every news outlet available where heartaches and disappointments, finances gone bad, and strife in our homes and our families 
It leaves us heartbroken, anguished, even depressed, and longing for a peace and a tranquility and a place of rest. You ever notice trials follow trials? Disappointments, guess what? Follow disappointments. Sickness followed by more sickness and heartaches followed by more heartaches. Just when you come out of one valley with your mind, your body, and your soul aching, instead of the mountain to rest upon and be revived, guess what? There's another trial. There's another painful valley to toil through. But we have faith, and we put on the whole armor of God. So you know what we do as children of God? We just keep on walking. We just keep putting one painful foot in front of the other painful foot. We just keep on pressing on because we know at the end of this life and at the end of our journey, it's going to be worth it all. Come on, it's going to be worth it all. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through because my treasures are laid up. Come on, this world is not my home. I've got a promise. Even though it seems like everything is against me, God is on my side. He's never left me. He's never forsaken me. Come on, in the darkest depths of night, my God has been there. When my enemies are attacking me from every front, God has always been there. I know heaven is my goal, but Lord, right now, look down because I'm struggling. I know eternal life is my finish line, but help me, Jesus, because right now I'm in the battle. My Bible says I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. I know at times it seems like we're a long way from heaven. In fact, sometimes it seems like I'm in hell. But my God is there. He loves me. He keeps me. Because I don't rely on the things of this world. I rely on the Lord. He not only made heaven, but he also made the world that I'm living in right now. It may not seem like we're going to make it sometimes, but that's when we begin to pray. And that's when God looks down at us from heaven and he reaches down and he steps into our battles and he fights our enemies and he gives me strength when my strength has failed me. I know where to run to when I'm at the very end of my rope. I know who to cry out to when I can't seem to find a way. He's my food when I'm hungry. He's my water when I'm thirsty. He's my shield. He's my shelter. Psalm 124 and 8 says our help is in the name. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. My help comes from you, Jesus. Come on, my help comes from you, Jesus. Come on, I can't be lonely when I have Jesus. 
He calms me when all the fears of life has surrounded me and tried to bring me down to my knees. That's when he lifts me up, when I can't even walk anymore. Come on, when I can't take another step, he reaches down and he carries me through the toughest, hardest times and trials because my help is in the name. Come on, that name is Jesus. When I speak the name of Jesus, demons begin to tremble. Come on, when I speak the name of Jesus, sickness has to flee. When I speak the name of Jesus, mountains are removed, cast into the sea. When I speak the name of Jesus, blind eyes can be opened. When I speak the name of Jesus, diabetes has to leave. When I speak the name of Jesus, heart trouble has got to leave because his name is the name that I run into. The name of the Lord is my strong tower. When it seems like all the world is against me, I just begin to call on his name. That name is Jesus. Come on, that name is Jesus. Jesus is the Father. Jesus is the Son. Jesus is the Holy Ghost. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. You didn't notice the power when they begin singing one God, one name, one faith. Because there's power in that name. Now, when I was a boy, well, that was a long time ago. That one, that one fella ran, ran, he ran, and I'm like, I'm jealous. I'd sell my car if I could run like that. Now I got to have a big car. Takes a shoehorn to get me in and out of my wife's car. She used to have one of those Kia Souls. I'd get out at Walmart and carry it in with me. They'd be like, excuse me, uh, you need to park outside. Oh, sorry about that. But when I was a boy, we used to hear sermons preached. We used to sing songs about heaven. Remember that? Times were then. I'm just telling you, we was poor when I was growing up. Somebody broke in our house, we mugged them. We used to eat cereal with a fork so the next guy would have milk. So we wanted to sing about heaven. And heaven was always on our minds. I was ready for some milk and honey. I tell people we used to eat nothing but potato soup without potatoes. Poor. But now we live in an age where everything is political correctness. Man, I'm afraid sometimes because you might say the wrong thing. And we are afraid of offending someone. So a lot of men are afraid to preach against sin. 
And it's even made its way into our apostolic pulpits. See, we now have the nicest churches. I thank God for air-conditioned churches. I thank God every time I walk out and it's cold that we got heat in the church. I don't know about y'all, but I don't want to go back to the brush arbors. They don't have air. And we drive the finest cars, the latest fashions. So unless all hell has been unleashed upon us, heaven isn't really that far from our minds. You know, it stays away. We don't have it close to us anymore. We want to go to heaven. I just don't want to go today. Huh? We want Jesus to come back. We like to say, oh, Jesus is coming back. Well, I hope he don't come back today. I want them cowboys to win. Because the Razorbacks, they're done. We try to sugarcoat sin. We try to make the word of God fit in our seeker-friendly, politically correct sermons. So... A lot of preachers are afraid that their biggest givers and tithe payers might get offended and leave. Come on. Thank God you go to Atlanta West. You know, I've never read in the Bible where the sheep go and find another shepherd. Sorry, I've been looking through there. The sheep don't go pick the field all the time that they're eating from. Come on. Just because you get upset when you hear something you don't like or see something that doesn't just fit into what you think it should fit in doesn't give you the right to question or go against the man of God. I want to tell you, I am blessed by God because I am submitted to my pastor. James Lumpkin. Come on, you want the blessings in your home? You want it in your life? And you want it in your family? Learn the art of submission. Now then the other thing that we don't like preaching a lot about, the Bible says submit yourself to one another. Woo, ouch. Come on, if I'm submitted to my brother, I will not find fault in him. If he submitted to me, he won't find fault in me. So heaven is really not on our minds until we're going through the worst trial that we've ever been through. When that trial is almost more than you can bear or that sickness has you staring at your mortality, that's when we really want a pastor there to pray, Lord, I need to get to heaven. Because 551 verses, 583 times, heaven is mentioned in the Bible. From Genesis to Revelations, or in other words, from the beginning to the end, it is at the forefront of our Bibles. I'm here to tell you today that Jesus has prepared a place for us. Come on, a place where there'll be no more sorrow where he'll wipe every tear from our eyes. He has a place of rest from all the weariness that we've gone through in this life. Oftentimes, I close my eyes just as they were singing that song. 
I was closing my eyes, imagining what it will be like. But my human mind can't totally comprehend the beauty and the majesty of heaven. John 14 and 1 says, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. Because in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there ye may be also. Come on, I have a promise. I have a promise of life eternal. I have a promise of being forever and ever with Jesus Christ. When I was about 10 or 11, my father was preaching in Annapolis, Maryland for Brother Chester Wright. We were in a revival for several weeks. You know, back then, you went from Sunday to Sunday. And the first three weeks, that was just for the church. We got to get everybody in the church prayed through first. And then the next five or six weeks, then you'd have a harvest with, you know, souls coming in. And we witnessed many, many miracles in that revival. Many demons cast out. People baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, all my life, I've always been a dreamer. I dream all the time. I go to sleep, and I'll be having a dream, and I can wake up, go back to sleep, and pick right back up. I know I told you I'm different. My dreams are vivid. Sometimes they're comforting. Sometimes after a lot of pizza, not so comforting. I had one last night. I've been hunting this 10 points. And this little 13-year-old killed it last night. Well, that wasn't a dream. That was a nightmare. It really happened yesterday. And I remember a lot of my dreams. The Lord speaks to me in dreams. And I have seen many of my dreams come to pass. Just as God showed me in a dream. Well, one night while I was a little boy in Annapolis, I had a dream. A dream so real that even after 40 plus years, I still remember every detail. In this dream, I was walking up a hill towards this massive city. But this city was surrounded by a bright white light. Not just a bright light, but it was white. And I was being drawn to this city. When I walked up to the city, I seen these massive walls and layers of, of the most beautiful stones I had ever seen. Each layer and each level shone with such a radiance that it was so breathtaking. I remember in my dream as a boy counting them and them going up as high as I could count. I walked up to the entrance of, of this city and what I noticed was a massive, pure white gate and all in one piece. And it, the white was unlike any other white I have ever encountered on this earth. And there was this bright white light 
that kept emanating from this city. But it was so brilliant and so pure that it didn't hurt my eyes. It was, but I was drawn to the warmth and the purity of this light. I remember standing at this gate with my arms and hands raised as the warmth of that white light engulfed me and surrounded me with a joy and happiness. The gates of this city opened and off in the distance I could hear a choir, hallelujah, singing the most beautiful songs that I've ever heard. And when I stepped in, immediately I noticed the most beautiful and magnificent I hate to use the word mansions because they doesn't even come close to describing what they were. Everywhere I looked was these indescribable places of rest. And I was looking down and I saw that I was standing on transparent pure gold of streets so vivid and pure that when I looked down I could see through them forever. And I began walking down this beautiful street and I can remember in my dream looking at these beautiful mansions. And I could hear all these heavenly sounds around me. But I noticed that there was nobody in these mansions. Every place seemed empty. And in the distance where it sounded like this choir was coming from was that warm, comforting, bright light. And I began to walk towards that bright light. And as I got closer... I began seeing people everywhere with their faces on the ground, on their knees, bowing and raising up and bowing and lifting their hands in praise towards Jesus. That's when I realized that's why the mansions weren't, weren't full because they would rather be at the feet of Jesus singing his praises for eternity. I woke up and when I did, I began to weep and sob so loud that my father ran in to check on me and I began to tell him because I didn't want to leave that place that I was at and I began telling him what was happening to me in my dream that's when my father got his Bible out and he began to read to me about the 12 foundations and he began to read about to me about the streets of pure gold he began to read to me about the gates of pearl and he began to tell me the reason why those people you've seen were glowing is because they had glorified bodies. My father told me, boy, God gave you a glimpse of heaven. Don't forget what you saw or felt in that dream. And I want you to know I never forgot that dream or the way I felt in that dream. Over 20 years of drug and alcohol addiction couldn't erase that memory of that dream from my mind. Even when on the outside, I was denying him on the inside. I could still remember with such great detail this heavenly place that he wanted to share with me. I was in many near-death experiences. And my last thought was I'm going to miss that place. I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to be a part of all of that. Until finally, one day in a drug rehab, facing 40 to life in prison, I reached up. And I lifted my hands towards Jesus. He filled me with the Holy Ghost. Baptized in Jesus' name. He took his finger. He walked up and he wrote my name on one of those mansions. And now I can't wait 
to run and fall down on my knees at his throne and lift my hands in praise, singing, holy, holy is the Lord, God Almighty. Abraham and Isaac, after their journey to the top of Mount Moriah, Isaac is bound to the altar of sacrifice. Abraham is ready to plunge his knife into his only son. But it's the voice of an angel calling out from heaven that stops him. And Genesis 22 and 13, and Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. He names his place Jehovah-Jireh. The Lord will provide. Now I want you to understand. He didn't name it the Lord did provide. Or the Lord's going to provide. He said the Lord will provide. Pro, come on. Video. That's where that word provide comes from. God already sees what your problem is. And before you ever get there, he's already there. Jehovah Jireh is our provider. And in Genesis 22 and 15, and the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time. Come on. God sees us from heaven. God sees us and he's interested in what's going on on our lives from heaven. Moses goes into the thickness of the cloud. God gives him the Ten Commandments. And the people hear thunder and trumpets. And they become afraid. But God lets the people know that they're hearing him from heaven. It was David's son Solomon. After building the temple. And the priest brings in the Ark of the Covenant. He kneels and he lifts his hands towards heaven. And smoke begins to fill the temple. Come on, I believe that smoke started filling this temple a while ago. Come on, the Bible says smoke filled the temple and the pillars moved. You know what I noticed a while ago? We began to sing it and the elders begin to move. The pillars begin to move. They begin to walk around. Holy, holy is the Lord. Come on, we want our young people to run the aisles. Come on, elders, we got to show them how. We want our young peoples to be shouters. We got to shout too. Come on, we want them to be excited in service. They're looking to us. Let's show them what we know. When the pillars move, that's when the earth begins to shake. That's when the foundations of heaven begin to shake. When the pillars begin to praise him. Come on, holy, holy. Holy, holy. Then we read as Elijah is called to heaven by a fiery chariot and his mantle falls on Elisha with a double portion. Then God looks from heaven and shows his mercy to all of us that fear him. Psalm 103 and 8. 
The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger. Thank you. Plenteous in mercy. Thank you for your mercy. He will not always chide. Neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins. Nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Come on, I'm thankful he doesn't reward me because of how I used to be. I'm thankful that I'm not rewarded because of my iniquities. And I'm most, most thankful that as far as the east is from the west, he has gotten rid of my sin. Then the psalmist says, give thanks to the God of heaven for his mercy endures forever. Then we learn in Malachi, if we are faithful in our giving and our tithing and offerings, that God will open the very windows of heaven and pour down his blessings. Then Jesus comes preaching heaven over a hundred times in the gospels. Jesus mentions heaven, preaching on the kingdom of heaven, seeking first the kingdom of heaven, how to pray to heaven. Matthew 6 and 9, and after this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Then he gives Peter the keys to the kingdom of heaven in Matthew 16. Then in Acts 2, the Spirit of God comes from heaven like a mighty rushing wind, fills all the house and fills them with the Holy Ghost. Then Peter, with the keys to the kingdom of heaven, stands up on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2 and 37. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said, repent, repent, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name, not the names, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Then Acts tells us there's no other name under heaven for us to be saved other than Jesus. Peter has a vision from heaven and goes to the house of Cornelius, and while he begins to speak, the Holy Ghost falls on the Gentiles and they speak in tongues and are baptized in Jesus' name. And this great message is opened up to us, the Gentiles. Then on the road to Damascus, Saul is blinded by a bright light from heaven. And from heaven, God speaks to Saul. Then John is on the Isle of Patmos and is in the spirit on the Lord's day. God begins to show him things that are to come. No doubt his mind is having trouble comprehending all he has seen. So he begins to write and tries to describe it as best he can. Revelations 21 and 1. 
And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Come on, I want to tell you today that Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back for his church. Come on, the devil would like us to be lulled into some false sense of security that we've got time and try to put a timeline on him. I want you to know he could come back before you get done with dinner today. Come on, he could come back before next, next Sunday. Come on, the trump of God could sound. He could come back and take us home to be with him. And I can't wait. I can't wait. Come on, I can't wait. This world is not my home. This is what I live for. I live to be with him. I live to be in heaven. Revelations 21 and 21 says, In the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Every several gate was of one pearl. And the street of the city was pure gold, as it were transparent glass. And I saw no temple therein. For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it. And the Lamb is the light thereof. Come on, I want you to know that there's a place God has prepared for us. Come on, he's going to wipe away the tears from our eyes. Come on, no more sickness. No more pain. Come on, no more death. Come on, he'll be sitting on his throne. Jesus, the King of kings, Lord of lords. Come on, what a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. The dead in Christ are going to rise first. Then we, which are alive and remain, I'm going to shake off this mortality. I'm going to step into immortality. Come on, I'm going to be with Jesus. He's the one that died for me. Come on, while I was on this earth, he's the one that kept his hand upon me. Come on, while I was walking this earth, he kept the enemy at bay. I can't wait to fall at his feet and say, Jesus, and thank him for saving an old drug addict and an old alcoholic. Then Revelations 22 and 20. He which testify these things say, surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, Come, Lord Jesus. You see, it's going to be worth it all. It's going to be worth it all. Every heartache, every trial, every valley, every mountain, every harsh word, every persecution, every sickness and sorrow, because it's going to be so wonderful there. I, for three years, we went through a time in our life where we literally walked through the valley of the shadow of death. I was only in church three years, and I'd been driving my father around, and I'd sing before he had preached. In March of 2007, at the age of 64, 
my father passes away. Now, he was my, my strength. What you have to understand, I didn't have much of a relationship with my family because I was so far from God. I didn't go around them. We didn't, have it. We didn't talk a lot. So those three years that I was with my father was just was the best time of my life. I still, when I'm praying or I get through preaching somewhere, I mean, inevitably, sometime tomorrow, I'll be sitting there and I'll be thinking, I wonder what my dad would have thought because it left such a hole in my life. Then we lost my sister, my grandson, all in a three years span. See, the Bible says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It doesn't say, yea, though I camp out. Come on, sometimes you just got to keep on walking. It hurts, but you just keep on walking. I'll never forget, I was, is that my grandson's funeral? He was four months old. He just quit breathing. The coroner told me, he said, there's just nothing that happens. There's nothing you can do. Tore up. That casket wasn't much bigger than this, was it, babe? And he looked like a little doll laying. I'm not going to tell you my heart was broken. I'm not a real emotional guy, but my, I, I was crying huge tears. I cried all the way to that funeral that morning because I was going to have to preach his funeral. And I was just me and that little baby in that church. And I was looking at that baby, my grandson. His name was Charlie. I said, God, how am I going to do this? I, I can't take it no more. I mean, I was in agony. Y'all can believe this stuff if you want. It don't matter. It happened. All of a sudden, I looked and I seen the most beautiful river at the back of that church open up. And there was this tree beside that river. I, I would dare to say most of us, if we put our arms together, we couldn't, hands together, we couldn't reach around this tree. It was so massive. And it leaned way out further than I could see over that river. Now, in that tree, I could hear so many birds singing and so many beautiful pieces of fruit and things I'd never seen before. And I looked down the banks of that river. And my dad hated shoes. That man hated shoes. I never seen anybody hate shoes more than my dad. And I looked, and sitting on the banks of that river was my father. He looked like he was in his 30s. And he had his feet in the water. And sitting beside him was another young man. And I knew immediately that was my grandson, Charlie. He, they were surrounded by the most peaceful place that I could ever imagine. They were kicking that water with their feet. And my dad, I'll never forget it, he leans back and looks at me. He said, hey, boy, because my dad called me boy my whole life. Hey, boy, we're fine. Take care of my family. And he was gone. Brother Johns, I hit my knees right there, and I lifted my hands. I'd been harboring things inside of me to God for taking my family. You know what I said? I said, God, I'm sorry. Forgive me. They're yours. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. 
And I want you to know I got up off my knees. I wiped the tears off of my face. And I preached that funeral. And I know that they're in a place waiting. Because one of these days, Jesus is going to say, Come on, I got your mansion, Charlie. Come on, I got your mansion. Come on with me. Can I tell you, Atlanta West, God sent me to preach this sermon this morning. Come on, evangelists don't preach sermons on heaven. But he wants you to know that he has a place waiting for you. Just keep being faithful. Come on, just keep worshiping. Just keep paying your tithes. Just keep being submitted to your pastor. Because this world is not our home. Come on, we're just passing through this life. One of these days, come on, one of these days, we're going to be with Jesus in a place that I can't even describe. I want us all to stand. I want the musicians to come. And now they're going to sing that song again, I hope. If not, you know, that's all right. I hope. From the start... And now I want you to have a whole new perspective. Can you imagine when billions upon billions gather around the throne, the blood bought, come on, the baptized in his name, filled with the Holy Ghost, and we begin to sing Hosanna. We begin to shout holy, holy, and it's going to sound like a million claps of thunder going off all at once as God's people begin to praise him with hands lifted towards him and they begin to sing Hosanna to him. We're going to fall down on our face. Come on, we're going to be there forever and ever and ever. He's going to wipe every tear from our eyes. Come on, all that pain, all that sorrow, all that heartache is going to be gone. And we're going to be singing, Holy, Holy is the Lord. Come on, we get so distracted by things that are happening in our lives right now that sometimes heaven just isn't in front of us like it should be anymore. But he's here right now. He's in this place right now. Listen, I want you to know if you've never spoken in tongues that you're receiving the Spirit of God in you. As we begin to sing this song, God will fill you with the Holy Ghost. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, you see, I just read about how heaven's coming down like a groom adorned for his pride. When we're baptized in the name of Jesus, we're taking his name because we are his bride. He's going to come get us soon. He's going to come get us soon. I can't wait for that day. I want you to lift your hands right now. Come on. Come on, lift your hands. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.